We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, the Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Iron Network. I am Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat and Jason. We're talking about the Bulls moments after the final whistle blows on a 114-106 loss to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, this was the second end of a back-to-back game for the Bulls, who lost a night earlier to the Milwaukee Bucks in overtime in Milwaukee. It looked like the Bulls were going to catch a break tonight without Jamal Murray in the lineup for the Nuggets. And lo and behold, Nikola Jokic also got an early ejection. Uh, and one of the strangest interactions with a ref you'll ever see. I feel like we see like Luka cuss out the refs every single night. Jokic reportedly did drop an F-bomb at the refs. He told him call a foul uh, and they tossed him for it. So... That was, you know, something where heading into halftime, I was like, maybe the Bulls can actually steal this one. But instead, the Bulls offense just couldn't really get it going. Uh, The Nuggets just bombing threes, hit 46% of their threes on the night, and the Bulls lose. So a four-game winning streak has quickly given way to consecutive losses. You look at the upcoming schedule for the Bulls. Their next two games are at Miami. They play Thursday and Saturday against the Heat. And then they play Monday at Philadelphia. Then they have the Lakers at home. So very quickly, we could be looking at a six-game losing streak after the four-game winning streak. Uh, Sort of been a week of a little bit of a cold bucket on the Bulls' good vibes. Now, uh, I say that as someone who is giving my own evaluation, not Arturis Karnaschovas' evaluation, because based on everything we hear from Arturis, Jason, he might be very pleased with how the team is playing right now. Uh, We've had some competitive losses and we know that really gets AK's juices flowing. Certainly last night's game against the Bucks was really fun. I actually went to that game in Milwaukee, a last second decision to drive up to uh, Pfizer forum. Kevin Farragan and I, friend of the show drove up there, 
And uh, we ended up seeing a really fun basketball game. And the Bulls made it worth our drive, and they made it worth the $9 we each spent on tickets to get into the brand-new stadium. That was it? Uh, $9? $9 ticket. Holy shit. Why? Because the Packers were playing Monday Night That's football. true. That's what I think. Uh, <laughs> so there was a lot of red in the stadium in Milwaukee. That was certainly a fun game. Tonight's game against the Nuggets, less fun. But, you know, that's what happens on the second end of a back-to-back. So Bulls lose. Jace. How you feeling? So the Bucks game, I mean, that's a game where I think you could legitimately be like happy with how they played. You take them. That was the bull. Like that game again, could have easily been a blow. The Bucks coming off um, their in-season tournament kind of debacle where they lost. And there was like that report out there that uh, Bobby Portis called out Adrian Griffin Giannis like basically called the team unorganized, basically some knives out for Adrian Griffin early in the season. Um, and you thought, okay, maybe the Bucks back at home, they're gonna come out and just whoop the Bulls' ass, uh, just run them, run them off the court. And there were a few stretches where it looked like they might do that. They went up early, uh, as the Bulls tend to do. They fall behind early. That's kind of their thing. They did it against the Nuggets too. But uh, several times the Bucks threatened to look like they were gonna pull away, and the Bulls just kept hanging around, hanging around. Kobe White, who we will obviously talk about more, just another huge game. Um, and they were there at the end and DeMar hits the shot to send them to overtime. It looks like, are we going to get another miracle overtime win over the Bucks? Because of course, Alex Crusoe hit that game tying shot a couple weeks ago. We get DeMar hitting the game tying shot to overtime, but Bulls offense just was not able to get it done in overtime. But again, no shame in losing to the Bucks in Milwaukee in overtime when the Bucks like should have had motivation to come out and just like get some revenge uh, play better after kind of how they flamed out of the in-season tournament. And the Bulls played them well. And Damian, helped by Damian Lillard having another just bizarrely awful game. He's had three terrible game against, games against the Bulls this season. It's three of 17 for the second time against the Bulls this year. And then the other game, he scored like one point after halftime and the, the Bulls overtime win. So that has helped. But still, like again, no shame in losing that game. The Bulls uh, stay close. You lose an overtime game on the road to the Milwaukee. Not bad. You come into this game in Denver, uh, you're playing the defending champs. You do get the Murray break that uh, I think he had a huge game against in Atlanta last night. But Nuggets were also on a second of a road back to back. So you got that maybe schedule. I'm not going to say advantage because the Bulls are, were also on a back to back. But Nuggets on the road, they've been struggling a bit on the road lately. Road back to back for them. No Jamal Murray. Uh, and you think, all right, maybe the Bulls can steal this. And then the, the Jokic thing happens. And you're like, all right, like. The Bulls were down at seven and a half, but you're like, all right, no Jokic, no Murray for the second half. And I think KCP, he got elbowed in the face early. He came back in, but I don't think he played in the second half at all. Or if he did, it was very little. So like the Nuggets in the second half were basically down three starters. It was basically Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr. And then they had Reggie Jackson, who had a huge game. Uh, like Julian Strother had got a lot of minutes. Christian Brown got a lot of minutes. Played a lot of their bench guys. Just, we saw Justin Holiday. Uh, hit some big shots for them. So, I mean, don't forget a lot of DeAndre Jordan, a lot of DeAndre Jordan. Uh, I mean, the, the Nuggets are running like a ton of offense through him, throwing lobs to him. He tried like, his, what was the, who did he dunk over? Was that Brandon Knight? Is that the infamous DeAndre Jordan dunk? Uh, I think that was it. He like tried to do it again late in this game and he was not able to, he did have one sick reverse alley but a lot of DeAndre Jordan going on. And so you're like, either way, bulls down seven and a half. And you're like, all right, Nuggets are on the second of a road back-to-back. They don't have Jokic, the MVP. They don't have Jamal Murray. KCP is banged up. You got to go win this game. And the Bulls just kind of stunk it up. Kobe was awesome again. Vooch had a big game, but the rest of the team sucked. DeMar was awful. And DeMar is 
played really poorly on short rest this season. Uh, if you go look at the stats, I mean, he was three of 13 tonight, just didn't have the juice after um, a heroic effort against the Bucks, where he did, he had a stat line that like not seen, but since Michael Jordan with the Bulls, he had like 41 points, I think like 11 assists. Um, I know there was some consternation about his clutch ISO balling down the stretch, but uh, I mean, it was a, a heroic effort by DeMar DeRozan to get the game to overtime to score 40 and, 10 or 40, 11, whatever it was. I think it was like first time since Jordan since 92. But again, tonight, the second of a back-to-back, he just didn't have it. And this has continued to stretch for him where he's just playing really poorly on short rest. Um, And that's, I mean, that's age catching up to him. I think he's shooting something like 41%, 40% around there on uh, zero days rest. And I believe it's similar on with just one day's rest. It's got, it's starting to to turn into a pattern with DeMar. and then, like, no one else really did much of anything. Pat was invisible most of the game offensively. Io finally broke his scoreless streak because Io had a Tony Snell game against the Bucks with like zero stats across the board in like 20 some minutes. I believe that was the first time since 2017, which is when Tony Snell did that. That's basically a meme at this point. And Io pulled it off. Uh, he had an, he wasn't great again either. He had a few shots, but uh, game was just begging for someone besides Kobe and uh, Vooch to do something. And it just never happened. Javon Carter hit a few threes, but uh, the Nuggets bench, as I mentioned, kind of really outplayed the Bulls bench. I mentioned Strother. I think he had like 14 or 15 off the bench. He had 16 off the bench. Christian Brown, 13 off the bench. DeAndre Jordan, Justin Holiday, Peyton Watson. Uh, the, the Nuggets had, what is it, 29, 38, 40, like 50, around 50 bench points. The Bulls had a little over 20. Uh, so just, um, no one stepped up three point shooting cooled off outside of Kobe. Kobe was five of 10, but bulls were 13 of 40 from three point range for the game after a really hot run of games where I think it was something like four in a row where they were over 40% cooled off, which not surprising when you're on a second of a back-to-back, uh, overtime game, uh, again, Kobe staying on fire, but no one else just stepped up. And so like, while losing to the nuggets is not something you're usually ashamed of. I feel like this is a missed opportunity uh, for the Bulls. If you are rooting for them to win games, again, I don't really care that much that they lost this game because uh, I don't think we, th- we think this team is going anywhere. And wins like this would probably lean AK more into like trying to fight more for the 10 seed. So like a loss like this does not bother me. Again, I'm not rooting for it, but it's a loss that doesn't bother me. Kobe White had an awesome game. It was great to see that. And you lose and it's just like kind of whatever. It still does kind of feel like a missed opportunity just because of the absences the Nuggets had. Um, so kind of a bummer just given they kind of just were not good. And you get Reggie Jackson going off on you. You got like Aaron Aaron Gordon at a step back three down the stretch that was kind of a dagger. And you got DeAndre Jordan doing just way more than he should be doing. And it's, uh, it's kind of a tough one tonight. Yeah, I definitely think that the team is still playing more cohesive basketball without Levine in the lineup. It looks like they're sharing the ball better. I'm really impressed by how they just keep playing. There were so many times in that yeah. Bucks game where I turned to Kevin and I said, they're about to lose this game by 25 points. Yeah. The Bucks are about to hammer him right here. And the Bulls would just keep battling and keep playing. And they wouldn't let a cold stretch get in their heads. Uh, their offense looks pretty good. I think like generally they're taking more threes, uh, I think they're sharing the ball. I think that, you know, it just seems like they're running better stuff to me without Zach there to sort of like break the play and do his own thing. Uh, You mentioned DeRozan. So DeRozan was just awesome against the Bucs, but 
also just totally ran out of gas there at the end. Like he scores yeah. the layup to uh, send it into OT. That was a possession where they really needed a three. Like you're an underdog, you're on the road, you're down two with the last possession. They went to a play that Billy always goes to in that situation. And I remember uh, the first year this team was together when they had Lonzo. Remember, Jace, the Bulls started 4-0. The fifth game, they played the Knicks at the United Center. I was at that game, and uh, they had a, a chance to, I think, take the lead. I think they were down one uh, with the last possession of the game. And they ran a Zach screening for DeMar. Zach pops. DeMar ended up uh, taking a pull-up mid-range shot, missed, Knicks win. That was the Bulls' first loss that season. They ran that same play again, but with Kobe in place of Zach, and the Bucks covered it pretty well. Kobe was not open on the pop. Also, I'm not sure DeMar even looked at him because he had Middleton on him, put his head down, got to his spot, and was able to hit the shot, force overtime. But like in that situation, I was praying that they would take a three yeah. just because, you know, you're the underdog, you're on the road. That was a game they were losing the entire game, and the Bucks were just giving them gift after gift after gift to keep the Bulls alive. You could start with Lillard shooting three of 17 and having another terrible performance against the Bulls, but there were so many other instances of the Bucks doing everything they could to choke that game away. <laughs> uh, or, you know, the refs sort of gifting it to the Bulls. Oh, they uh, missed the a bunch of free clutch. Missed a bunch of free throws, right? Dame missed, missed. I mean, Dame missed the one, and I think Middleton missed one, or they missed like three free throws. I think in like the last minute or something like that. Lillard is one of the best free throw shooters of all time. He's you know just totally money at the line, especially in clutch situations. And he went to the line late in that game. The first free throw he took bounced up super high off the rim and went in. Then he missed the second one, and that wasn't the Bucks' only clutch missed free throw of the night. Uh, and the Bulls were sort of able to like fight back because of that. Then there were a couple of instances where like the refs just made a bad call and like gave the Bulls the possession. There was one, I believe it was an overtime where the ball clearly went off Patrick Williams hands and they ended up giving it uh, to the Bulls. So, uh, you know, when you factor in like some questionable officiating calls going the Bulls way, Dame's bad night some uh, missed free throws. Also, Giannis got called for a 10-second violation at the foul <laughs> line at home. That doesn't happen very often. It just felt like everything was lining up for the Bulls to steal that game. They couldn't do it. It was a valiant effort by them for sure. And man, just another game where Kobe was absolutely on fire. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Uh, Jace, Kobe, five of 10 tonight from three, 27 points, also had eight assists. So coming into this game today, he was shooting 54% from three over his last five while averaging 26 points a game, shooting 54% from three on almost 10 attempts a game, 9.6 attempts per game. Uh, also putting up five and a half assists, six and a half rebounds. Only two and a half turnovers. So Kobe really seems to be leveling up. What I think we saw, though, uh, is that, like, you know, it's tough to expect that to just drive winning basketball. I think, like, Kobe's sort of turning into the best version of what I thought he could be when the Bulls drafted him, which was a guard who could play on and off the ball, a guard who could be a high volume and highly accurate three-point shooter, and someone who could just give you, like, quick bursts of offense. Now, his floor game has really improved quite a bit. Seems like the game is slowed down for him. Seems like he's just figuring out a better way to manipulate pace, uh, to not just play at one speed, which is something that, you know, when the Bulls drafted Kobe, his speed was always like one of the first things they mentioned about him. Uh, But, you know, his speed was never super effective early in his career because it just seemed like he could only play fast. He had no like change of gears. Yeah, And I think that you're seeing him sort of master deceleration a little bit sort of uh, get a little bit more comfortable figuring out when to slow down. So Kobe was has just been electric the last five games. He was very good again tonight. Uh, if there's anything to get excited about for the Bulls right now, it's Kobe's play. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, I mean, the last five have been especially great just without Zach and obviously just like the, the volumes going up. But even before that, this shooting streak has been going on for a bit now. Like it isn't quite, hasn't been quite this like volcanic, but I think I'm looking it up right now. I'm pretty sure he's at like, uh, it's gone on like 11 or 12 games. Yeah. He's got 12 straight games of three plus threes. And I think like over that stretch of games, I think he's over 50%. I'm trying to pull up the, uh, season segments right here. I don't know if it's updated yet with tonight at NBA.com, but, um, getting it right now. Uh, yeah, so over the last 12, um, I think this is including tonight, 22.5 points per game, 4.9 assists, 51.8% from three on nine attempts per game. That's over a 12-game stretch. That's that's a pretty sizable sample size in big minutes. Uh, like, again, Kobe's not going to shoot 52% from three the rest of the season, but, like, this is now – we've seen Kobe in the past have, like, these four or five-game heaters where he kind of does this. Uh, and then he'll have the stretch where he just stinks. Uh, we're now running on 12 games, basically, of him hitting three plus threes, 
over over 50%. And the last few have been incredibly hot. Uh, again, like like you said, 54, 55%. And, it, and just like every time he puts one up now, like you think it's going in. And that's, I've always kind of like felt like felt confident about Kobe shooting threes, even though he like was never that consistent. It would always just like look good off his hand. Like, all right, this is going to go in. Uh, and now it actually, fe- it actually is over half the time over a long period of stretch. Like we'll see how long this lasts. But as you mentioned, like he's also just doing a lot of other stuff, getting to the basket, uh, the pick and roll stuff, some of his other reads, um, setting up guys just around the basket and for open shots. Like, and yeah, the stuff off the dribble with the kind of the hesitation stuff and some of the, just like the nifty stuff he's doing to beat guys off the dribble and, and finish. I know his finishing has not been as good this year, but I think it's been, I'd have to go look at the, the numbers to see what it's been these last five games, but it feels like just based on watching and these games that like tonight, he can, he was five of 10 from three and he was five, uh, three of five um, inside the arc. I mean, he's in the last 12, he is 50% from the field. So while 52% overall from three, 50% from the field. So that's still a little lower on two pointers, but still like not bad. And again, these last five games, he's just been kind of amazing in general. So like, yeah, I mean, like today he got to the line six times tonight, just like, and the dude is playing like all-star level basketball. Again, not saying he's going to be an all-star this year. He started the year so badly. It's just, it's such a stark, such a stark difference from what we were seeing from early in the year. He couldn't make anything. Uh, he just like he all that momentum like come after last season and like okay he's the starter this year like it seemed like it had just gone nowhere and he had stagnated uh but now in these last whatever month or so of games he has just been on fire uh and making the bulls at least somewhat watchable i mean they were so bad again they start the year five and 14 you have all the zach stuff but they were also just so bad because kobe and pat were also terrible like them being so bad along with zach the zach bad bad vibes vooch's bad vibes all those reasons put together why the Bulls were not just like mid, but were total shit. Kobe making playing better and playing like this, not just playing better, but playing at this level, making them way more competitive. Uh, I mentioned Pat did not have a good game today, but Pat has been playing better in general as well um, over the last couple of weeks. So like those guys kind of leveling up a bit more, even without Zach and just like the whole team uh, just kind of, I think like the effort's been there. I mentioned a stat this morning offensive rebounding the bulls over the during the stretch have been the number one offensive rebounding team in the league today they didn't have quite as many they had 11 offensive rebounds and the, the nuggets did win the battle of rebounds they had 15 but coming into tonight it was like the la- over the last five the bulls were averaging like 18 offensive rebounds a game uh drummond we know is great there but vooch has also been a beast on the offensive glass tory craig attacks the offensive glass there was something they talked about coming into the season was getting more opportunities on the offensive glass so they've been doing that They've been shooting better from three. They've been shooting more from three. Again, tonight they didn't shoot that great from three, but they did get up. They still got up 43s tonight. So, like, even though the Nuggets shot 46%, 47% from three, the Bulls still almost did match them from three in terms of total points because, they, because of the volume. Um, it was just they couldn't really do anything else. Uh, so some good signs just in general about how the how the Bulls have been playing. Even, again, even though they lose these two games, they were still competitive losses. Um probably with the way the team is right now, like if Kobe does slow down, like the bulls are still not, I don't think a good team, but at least they are becoming more watchable just the way they're playing. Um, and again, we asked this question last time, are they better without Zach? Like, like could the bulls have won tonight's version, maybe with like a good version of Zach. I mean, of course they could have, maybe they would have, but like, 
the way Zach had been playing, and it seems like it was like he was not engaged and it was like dragging everybody down. They are playing a bit looser, freer. They're shooting much better. They are moving the ball more. They're attacking the offensive glass. They're just playing hard. Uh, again, the, I don't think the defense was that great tonight, but um, they've just been a, a more enjoyable watch at the very least, even if they're still probably not that good. And of course, Kobe being on this heater is obviously just a huge reason for them being so much more competitive. Also, Dalen Terry getting some minutes, 11 minutes against the Bucks, 11 minutes against the Nuggets. It's the first time we've seen Dalen Terry take the floor where he doesn't look like the worst basketball player we've <laughs> ever seen. He actually knocked down a three from the corner against the Bucks. He also had one possession where he guarded Giannis pretty well, I remember, uh, at the game and uh, had an assist. So that was against the Bucks. And then tonight, uh, Dalen, you know, he made a couple free throws. Got a block. Did have a sick on, block. Yeah, who's like a chase down block? Yeah, um, Dalen very long, like his length just really jumps out when you see him, and he has a great build. Obviously, like the offensive skill development needs to come, but to me, the biggest thing with him is he just still doesn't really know what he's doing on either yeah. end of the floor, and that's a pretty troubling sign for a top twenty pick who was bad in summer league who still hasn't been able to find any way to uh, make a dent in the rotation to this point in his career. I think it's nice that they're playing him. It's like, why yeah. not? Like Him and Phillips you, you had both to... both got like extended run in that first half because, you know, no Zach, no Caruso. Like you might as well give these guys some run, see what they can do. Like uh, you never know if one of them pops. Like we we're seeing Julian straw there, like come out and just, Make he goes on some of these heaters for the Nuggets. Like he, sometimes you just never know with these young guys when they're when you're shorthanded, play him. Just give him a chance. Maybe they give a spark. Um, again, not really much from Dalen or Julian Phillips net outside of a few. Like uh, Julian Phillips, I think it was Phillips had like one nice like pick and roll, uh, like dime. I think to I think Vooch or something like that. But um, not certainly not expecting much from these guys. Yeah, Terry I think still just doesn't really. Offensively, there was one possession where like the shot clock was running down. I think the ball swung to him, and I think like Vooch was looking for a lob, and Terry just had like no idea like how much time was left on the clock, and there was a twenty four second violation. So like awareness, yeah, the skill level is just not there. I just don't know if it ever will be there with him. But uh, I want I want to see him get minutes. The Bulls are nine and sixteen right now. Like give the young guys some run uh, and see and see what you got. What what you got in them? Yeah, the Bulls are still not a very good team, Jason, which is why it remains very curious that Arturis Karnaschovas apparently wants to keep this thing together and keep fighting for a play-in tournament. Besides Zach Levine. (laughs) Besides Zach Levine. So Zach is going to get traded. Uh, We got some fresh reporting from Shams uh, a couple days ago. Not even that fresh. (laughs) I was going to say it said nothing, essentially, (laughs) but it did name two teams that could be interested in Zach. That would be the Lakers, which we knew, and the Sixers, which to this point is more seemed like speculation than anything actually reported. Uh, That was the main thing I took out of that report from the Levine section is that, hey, you know, maybe the Sixers can swoop in and be a team who's interested in Levine. Uh, It's just impossible for me to think that the Bulls are actually going to get a good trade package from the Sixers because Daryl Morey is not going to do that. He's only going to take Levine if he feels the value in the deal is way in his favor. Uh, And with the Lakers, I mean, it's the same thing we've talked about all along. We got to wait till January 15th until some of their free agents this past season can be traded. Uh, Will Austin Reeves be in that trade? What will the 2029 first round pick 
uh, well, I believe I will amend that December 15th. I do believe D'Angelo Russell and Rui can be traded. I think it's, or maybe Rui might be the 15th. Reeves is not is July 15th or July, Jesus Christ, January 15th. Um, there is, I feel like there's no way they're trading Reeves. He's started playing a lot better lately. The Lakers just won the in-season tournament. Uh, I feel like the Bulls are not getting Austin Reeves in a Lakers trade. It just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Um, yeah, and the way the Bulls have played since Levine went out, it just feels like the Bulls keep losing leverage in this yeah, trade. So, like, right. this is the one big thing we're waiting for, and it's just hard to have any confidence in the Bulls to pull off a good trade, as we've been saying. And then Shams once again throws a bucket of cold water on our hopes and dreams to cash in on the Alex Caruso trip. Chip, uh, Sham says, quote, a bevy of teams have been expressing it interest in trading for bulls utility star alex caruso so utility infield over here but league sources say the franchise has shut down those calls how stupid do you have to be to shut down calls for a 29 year old who is almost always fighting some sort of injury who's He's value the last is an all-time nights. high who's playing the best offensive basketball of his career who is potentially the best defensive guard of his generation and for the bulls to say actually we're nine and 16 we're you know our probably highest end outcome is the number 10 seed but we still think that that's a good enough outcome that we want to keep alex caruso on this team jason Arturis just has no sense of value in the NBA. He truly has like no long-term outlook for himself or his team. It's just like, well, we're just going to keep doing the same thing. And, uh, you know, maybe continuity and internal development will eventually get us into the play-in tournament. And we just want competitive losses. If we make it into the play-in tournament, anything can happen. Arturis, every report that we get on the Bulls thinking heading into this trade deadline just confirms more and more that Arturis Karnaschovas needs to be fired. He is not fit to be an NBA GM, and not trading Caruso would be a gigantic mistake in my estimation. Jason, listen, it was hard to once part ways with Joe Kim Noah, but it was the right move. As soon as Noah went to the Knicks and signed, what was it, a $70 or $80 million contract, uh, Noah's body betrayed him, and that was immediately an albatross deal for New York. For the Bulls, Caruso, I mean, I love watching the guy. It would truly be painful to uh, trade him just because he's such an inspiration on the court. He's so good defensively, and he does bring a lot of leadership qualities that I think have absolutely positively impacted the development of players like Kobe White, Patrick Williams, and down the line. But, dude, the Bulls are a bad team. They don't have any assets, and if they ever hope to like build an actually good team, <laughs> you need to get some future assets be it draft picks, young players, whatever. And Arturis is shutting down calls for Caruso. Jason, I feel like I'm losing my damn mind. What is wrong with this guy? How did we get this guy? <laughs> and I feel like just to, with he's just going to be playing like banged up for the rest of the year too. Like, what are you keeping him around for to like put, put his ass like on the line for this team that's fighting for the 10 seed? Like, whatever there's the leadership vet stuff like and having vets around the young guys is nice but like you have some other vets that you can you have vooch there uh you have demar there for now we can talk about demar later too but yeah Crusoe just seems like the obvious trade candidate like as, as we've mentioned multiple times on this pod like we would love for Crusoe to, to be or we'd love for him to be on the next 
good Bulls team, but just I don't know when that's going to be in with him being 29 and in and free agency, free agent after next season. Like, and if you can get peak value for him right now, even though he's banged up, but like, just do it and get him and get some young assets, get a young player with some upside that could maybe be someone better than Caruso down the line, possibly, or you got a couple assets there. Like, you just got to do it for a team that's whatever. They're nine and 16, but again, they're nine and 16, but. They are because the Raptors and the Hawks suck. The Bulls are like still a game and a half out of the 10 seed. And as long as they are here in that race for the 10 seed, AKs, that's what he's gunning for. They want to stay competitive. They want to gun for the, the play in tournament. Uh, and that's what they want. Uh, there again, there are multiple reports out there with the Caruso stuff. We had Casey Johnson last week talking about Caruso, uh, how it'd be painful. They're hesitant to give him up. It'd be painful to do it, which we just talked about. It would be, but like, whatever. You have Sham saying they're shutting down calls. Matt Moore was t- said the same thing. The consensus around the league is that they are not interested in trading him at all. Uh, Matt Moore also did talk about Levine and basically said that executives consensus is that he's going to end up in LA. Uh, was it the, whatever. Because D'Angelo Russell, they can't trust them come playoff time. They're going to just realize that they just need to make the move. I looked it up. D'Angelo Russell is trade eligible in this week. Rui's not till January 15th. Austin Reeves is until January 15th. I keep forgetting which guys are which with those dates. But uh, if that trade's going to happen, it probably would be later after January 15th. But um, it doesn't seem like the market isn't there for him, though. But yeah, with Caruso, like it, it seems like teams are interested, as they should be. Teams are willing to talk, but the Bulls are just not right now. Again, this could be posturing, but everything that we have seen from Arturis Karnasova suggests that it's not. The Bulls, if they're in the mix for the play-in, they're going to try to keep this team together. They're going to trade Zach. They'll try to get win-now piece. Michael Scotto at Hoops I wrote again today, kind of refreshing some of his reporting from last week, is that the Bulls are looking for win-now pieces. Whatever that, like, I, that could mean, like, a lot of things, like, like, I mean, I guess like they would consider like, I think Zach for D'Lo and Rui, like a win now move. You go, oh, you got like another decent point guard and you got like a big forward. Those guys can plug in and like, they're going to help the Bulls be competitive this season and maybe even slightly a little better. Um, And I think AK would probably see that might, or he might see that as a win and oh, maybe they get a, and they'll get a draft pick out of it. Maybe he sees that as a win. They'll, they'll two rotation guys that you can slot in uh, to rotation soak up minutes be again they're not terrible they're not great like delo so delo's had a pretty he's had a decent season if you look at his numbers and Rui uh, has had some nice is like a solid player so like like is that what you consider like a win now trade for zach levine is just like those two guys um maybe that's what mike scotto said is that the bulls are seeking out in trades win now players so they can try to stay competitive and make this push in the shams report too was also how like talked about how like they're back in the playoff like picture and back in the playoff mix. Like clearly the bulls feel like with where they're at, they're just basically, they're right in it. They're nine 16, but since they're only a game, a game and a half out of the 10, that they're right there, that they're right in it. If they can get the 10 seed this year, they can go on a run in the play in tournament. And then maybe they can make a run, whatever, put a scare into the Celtics. Like in the first round, like that seems to be what their goal is. Uh, ultimate goal is. So like, I still would like may, again, maybe this is posturing, but everything that's been out there and ev- everything, how AK is operated would suggest that it's not, and that they do not want to trade Alex Cruz. So they do not want to trade DeMar DeRozan. And there, I think Shams had his report, it had in his report, like teams are waiting to see, like, are they going to make DeMar available? I think it was also Chris Haynes reported that like, they're not close on an extension. 
uh, and that like that might make him more likely to be traded. But uh, and maybe it will. But as of right now, it does not seem like they want it. It seems like as it's been reported this whole time, the Bulls want to make this Levine trade, get some players that will help them this season, and then they're going to make try to make a push for the play-in tournament. That's that's what they want to do. Yeah, and just on the win now players thing, like, well, Zach Levine makes over forty million dollars a year, so you need to yeah. match that salary, yeah, right? And also, you can't take on like basically any additional salary when you trade Levine because they're so close to the luxury tax. Uh, so obviously, they're going to be getting veteran players back for Levine just because you need to match those yeah. salaries. But where the deal should actually be negotiated is around the draft picks and the young players. Anyone with half a brain realizes this. But unfortunately, the person who makes the decision for the Bulls, Arturis Karnaschavis, uh, I'm not sure he has half a brain. So it's just really discouraging as we continue to hear, uh, you know, murmurs about these trade discussions and about, you know, what the Bulls want to do long term. It's like, I want to see the team continue to improve. The young players uh, make some strides. Love to see the way Kobe's playing as someone who thought that uh, Kobe was really holding the team back at the start of the year. He's just been so great lately. But the problem is that anything good that happens to the Bulls, you know that Arturis is just going to have the wrong takeaways from it. And it could ultimately lead to like sending the franchise down a bad path. So, oh man, it just seems so obvious. You got to move off DeMar. They made a huge mistake not trading DeMar at the trade deadline last year. They're going to repeat that mistake by not trading Caruso at the trade deadline this year. The only thing that gives me a little bit of hope, Jace, is that, you know, by the time the trade deadline comes around, they could be way far back, like in position to be probably the sixth or seventh worst team in the league, as the Bulls are most years, Jason. They're like always the sixth or seventh worst team in the league. We got a bit of a... But they're not going to be that far back. The Raptors fucking suck. And they're about to probably make trade Pascal Siakam. The Hawks have lost. Both those teams have lost four. Those teams are both mid as hell. They're garbage. And they're going to keep the Bulls in this 10 seed. Right? I mean, maybe if the Bulls do go out and like lose, whatever, continue to lose here. I mean, this schedule does soften up here at the end of December going into the new year. They have a bunch of home games. They play the Spurs, like I think, two more times. They play the Hornets a couple more times. So like... If the Bulls keep playing like this, they're probably going to get some wins and stay close enough where they're not going to be that bad. There's really there's really only five teams that are definitely worse than the Bulls. I would say the Hornets, the Wizards, the Pistons, the Trailblazers and the Spurs. And then you got Memphis, who's six and 16. They've been terrible. They're already in a hole compared to where the Bulls are at with a stunning nine wins. But they're getting job back. And you got to think they're probably going to take off once Ja comes back, which is uh, his return is right around the corner. So. Yeah, I mean, what they should do and what they're actually going to do have (laughs) just been battling for the last year. And it's just unbelievable that Arturis is this bad. (laughs) And like when it comes, like we talked about Caruso, when it comes to DeMar, we've talked about DeMar. Like, again, he's clearly slowing down. He's had he's had his moments. I mean, like yesterday's game. Uh, he can still sometimes have these clutch moments and he's got great clutch numbers this season. He's had these games with rest where he's been awesome, but clearly slowing down overall with what he's doing on these games with short rest. And just his numbers this season just aren't as good, his efficiency and all that. And I feel like his defense has kind of fallen off again too. He's never been that great of a defender, but I think you've really noticed it sometimes. But um, And with DeMar, it's just like, I do think, I know our guy Mark has talked about how like, there is some value, I think, having DeMar there to like help 
Kobe with like ball handling and stuff like that. But like, if you can get anything for Demar, you just got to do it because I just don't think the they just don't align right now. Like Demar, it's 34, 35, whatever he is, like wants to go be on a team that's going to win. He's going to be a free agent. Like you just can't keep like you, you shouldn't sign him to a big extension. He's probably wants one more big deal. The Bulls just really can't be the team that gives it to him at this point. Uh, because otherwise, that's just a signal that they're going to just try to stay like on this super mid path with like some aging guys. And then like, oh, well, Kobe White's going to be like an all star now. And that'll get us to whatever. Again, competitive play in tournament type stuff. So like, I feel like if you can get something, obviously, I don't want to just trade DeMar for garbage. Like if if it's DeMar for like if you're getting a first round pick for DeMar, you probably got to do it. Like if it's for DeMar for like and like garbage salary and. Like second round picks, like I guess I could understand not trading him then, but like uh, just to keep that vet around and whatever, help Kobe White basically. Like, because right now, like the Bulls had such, again, I mentioned this before, like Bulls had no hope earlier this season because their veterans were terrible, uh, basically mailing it in, and their young guys were also terrible and looked uh, almost unplayable at times. Kobe is now at least bringing at least a glimmer of future hope. Uh, with his play lately, Patrick Williams less so, but still looking a little better. So like now you at least have that kind of going for you. Uh, so again, I've said this whole time, trade Zach, trade Caruso, trade Demar. You could keep Vooch around as a veteran. You can keep maybe like guys like Javon Carter and Tory Craig around as veterans. Uh, you get what you get for these trades. And you just kind of let Kobe White and Pat do their thing. You still have Vooch. You let Vooch. I mean, the Bulls are running so much stuff through Vooch now. Like, he's probably just, like, loving this shit. They're doing so much stuff with him uh, with post-ups, with the stuff with his passing at the top of the key. I mean, again, tonight he had a huge game. Like, let Vooch do that for the rest of the season. Just let him kind of do his thing. And uh, even if they suck, who cares? Like, you can build up some Vooch value. Maybe then you trade him next offseason. Like, that's totally fine. Uh, And just let the – and let Kobe cook. Hopefully you'd love to see more from Patrick Williams. Uh, we've seen, we've been seeing a bit more, but we'd love to see even more. Maybe that's just too much at this point. And he just is going to be this guy where he just has these games where he kind of floats. And then he has some games where he looks awesome. What is it? The, the, um, is it the Spurs game, right? That he, I wasn't able to watch the Spurs game because I was out for my wedding anniversary. Uh, I was following it along a bit, but I think that was the game where Pat had, did he have 20 points in that game? Um, let me go pull up the statue. Yeah, he did. Pat was yeah. awesome in that. Yeah, like just like, like the attacking, he was like force. He was doing yeah. it all. And then you know, last night against Milwaukee, he's he ended with like 14 points. I think he did not have a good game. There were so many times where he had the floor cleared out for him one on one, and he just has no one on one scoring moves. That's just not who he is. Yeah, and it's like, come on, man, like you're the fourth pick. I really love Pat's defense. I think the fact that you know he can be a close to elite defensive power forward and hit an open three point shot is make that just makes him a keeper long-term. Yeah. But to really see development from him, you got to see more one-on-one scoring and he just didn't have it last night when he had plenty of opportunities. And then again, tonight against the nuggets, he was like invisible. out. There. Yeah. It's like no all show he's really yeah. going to do is take long catch and shoot threes offensively. So the lack of offensive development from Pat is really frustrating, but uh, hey man, Kobe pops yeah. in year five, so maybe yeah, maybe year five is <laughs> exactly. for Pat. Yeah, uh, so yeah. Anyways, like Kobe, I just just turn the team over to Kobe White at this point. Like again, I'm assuming this heater is going to cool off at, at some point, but like let it ride while we can. And 
uh right now the future of the team is like is kobe white i guess like uh he's just playing great he's looking awesome he's just a lot of fun to watch he's just doing so many things well uh always gonna be flawed in some areas and again there's he's Shooting 55% on 10 threes a game is just not going to happen. Uh, not even Steph Curry does that as the best shooter. But, like, uh, again, if he's going to stick around, like, 40-plus percent for the rest of the season, like, that is obviously a huge step, on this, especially on this volume and while, and doing this other stuff with whatever. If he can finish, get those finishing numbers back up to what they were last year, uh, the playmaking, like, that'll at least be worth watching the Bulls. Because, again, Early in the year, they just didn't, weren't worth watching at all. Like they were terrible. They were awful. They were miserable to watch. They were hanging heads. The vibes are bad. At least Kobe has helped restore some vibe to the Bulls, even if they like still aren't actually any good. Uh, so there's at least giving some more reason to be a lot more invested in the team now that there is a young player who's actually showing like some uh, legitimate like foundational piece. Again, still got to con- make this consistent as the year goes on, but. Um, it's at least a real fun stretch of games right now for him. So, so yeah, absolutely. I think we could probably wrap it up there, right? Let's do it. All right. So you mentioned looking ahead. Bulls go to Miami twice Thursday, Saturday. We'll see if Bam Adebayo is back. That is obviously a huge loss for the Heat. If he he's been out for uh, I think a few games now, and he's not playing tomorrow. The Heat are also going to be on the second of a back to back. Uh, so that will give the, give the Bulls a bit of an advantage on Thursday. They, I believe they're playing the Hornets again tomorrow, and Bam is out tomorrow. We'll see if he comes back Thursday. But, I mean, if Bam misses both those games, the Heat defense has been much, much worse without Bam in the lineup. We know he's a defensive player of the year caliber player. Uh, of course, the Heat often do sometimes find ways to win games with nobody. And, like, if Jimmy's still there, uh, of course, like, we know how good Jimmy is. And um, they have all these other guys that they somehow to scrap out wins. But if there is no Bam for these weekend games, like, that's a gives the Bulls at least somewhat of a much better opportunity to go on the road and win one or win both. Uh, I would not count on them winning both, but uh, probably looking for, like, a split there coming up. And then after that, the Bulls. Then I believe what is you mentioned this earlier. I think it's is it the Sixers after that? Uh, I think it might be like Sixers Lakers. So again, the schedule is just not easing up on the Bulls uh, here coming up until like the end of the year. So yeah, then my, Monday night in Philly, like this is a tough little three game road trip. Two in Miami, in Philly. Then you come back home and you play the Lakers, and then the next night you could then got the Spurs. So even though that's two, that's home games. The Bulls then they closed the year. They they got this three game road trip and then they closed the year with six straight home games but uh the spurs they struggled with for a, a long they were down 13 there so that, that won't necessarily be easy on the second of a back-to-back especially playing the lakers before that so four real tough games still coming up but two in miami in philly in the versus the lakers um maybe we'll record maybe after that i don't know we'll find some time to do it next next week but uh um it'll be interesting to watch these games the, the bulls are playing better they're at least more fun to watch now and we'll see if they're able to uh, pull off some upsets here so that is going to do it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. Uh, there are tons of great pods all across the network. If you like what we're doing here, please. A bunch of other great podcasts to listen to as well, not only NBA, but other sports as well. For us here at Cash, please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those fun places where you get your pods. You can find us. You can follow us on Twitter or the place formerly known as Twitter or X, whatever the hell you want to call it. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Ricky is at SBN underscore Ricky. Um, of course, follow Ricky's work at SBNation.com. He put out a mock draft, I believe, yesterday. 
um, at SBNation.com. So go check that out. And please also go check out ClutchPoints.com too for NBA coverage and coverage of sports in general as well. So that's going to do it for us here on this episode of Cash Consideration Day Chicago Bulls podcast. Uh, talk to you guys next time. And also, there was some stuff about Nicole Jokic. I'm not going to go much longer here. But um, again, it did not seem like this tech was worthy uh, of an injection. Uh, Malone was talking about that. And he, he made some joke about how it was like he said, like a turn of, turn of endearment. I just saw this coming across my feed just now. Uh, it seemed like it was a real bogus ejection for Nikola Jokic tonight uh, with a bunch of Serbian fans in the stands. We know Chicago's a big Serbian uh, community. So, Bulls missing opportunity here with Jokic out of the line for this bogus ejection. And, uh, unfortunate. But again, we'll talk to you guys next time. A bunch of other fun games coming up. So, later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.